go to conciliation, like the, the conditions or what, what he was putting on the table of settlement of like what he would be happy with is that I would have to let him and all men who claim to be women on the app moderate how women speak on the app so not to offend men who claim to be women. Also go to sex and, and go to sex and gender education classes, which could only be re-education. And at the time, I was just like, no. Welcome to the New Flesh Podcast, the podcast you deserve. My name is Ricky Orpike. Joining me once again is Mr. Jonathan Astro. John, how are you? I'm good, uh, Ricky. Uh, what's on the menu today? Well, we, we have a return guest. We have uh, Sal Grover uh, coming to chat. And I'm going to be honest with you, Ricky, I don't know if you were there when we had the... We were there. But I'm just saying, <laughs> I... Just threw my objectivity out the window tonight. Just just blew it. Just just got got my hands dirty. Just thought, you know, I'm going to say what I think. Say what you really think. Say what I really think. And I hope you enjoyed <laughs> that. Uh, I, did. I did. I felt a bit embarrassed, you know, like saying... I was like, it's just, it's just one of those topics that's very, um, uh, it's got a lot of passion, you know? Uh, yeah. So. Yep. so you think you might've gone, you've got, might've gone a bit too far into the white knight territory. Is that what you're saying? I must say there was one moment where I was like, I looked at, I, I pictured myself in shining armor and just going, <laughs> I, I think I might be the savior of women. <laughs> so I'm sorry about that women. <laughs> and so, <laughs> uh, Excellent. Well, we always tell you the truth here at the New Flesh Podcast, and the truth is we need your help. We need you to leave us a rating or review wherever you listen to the show. We're also on YouTube, so please subscribe to our YouTube channel and leave a comment about a show you liked, or perhaps one you didn't. We do live in a democracy after all. And word of mouth is also a very powerful tool, so please tell all your friends. And finally, to our Uber fans, if you love what we do, you can send us a little cash via the Buy Me A Coffee platform. Any donation here is very much appreciated. Now, on with the show. Adult human female Sal Grover is Chief Executive Officer at Giggle, a social media app for women. Prior to founding Giggle, Sal was a successful screenwriter in Hollywood for almost 10 years. The experience of that industry led her to developing Giggle, uh, which we talked about on our previous podcast a little bit. Sal is currently involved in an historic court case that will have serious implications for the rights of women and girls, and she's here to tell us all about it. Uh, it also needs to be sell- said that Sal is, uh, has been one of our biggest champions and she routinely embarrasses us with high praise on the World Wide Web. Sal, welcome back to The New Flesh. Thank you so much for having me. I do. I, I must say, I, I genuinely do love you guys. And I was just saying before we started recording that I have listened to your um, podcast with Helen Joyce probably a hundred times, if not more, like I might even be being conservative there. So like all of your views that you're looking, going like, yay, look at all these views. <laughs> I thought they were unique. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> it's a good episode. Helen's very, very good. She's amazing. Anyone listening to this, like keep listening to this one and then immediately go and listen to your um, interview with Helen Joyce because there's, it's, it's towards the end, but everything she says in it is so brilliant. But towards the end, she gives the best advice I've ever heard on how to deal with this issue and talking to other people. It's, it's perfection. And I've clipped that and I share it all the time on Twitter because, and people go, oh, wow, that's great advice. I'm like, yes, now go listen to the whole thing because Helen is, I think, without a doubt, our best voice in this movement. I completely agree. Yeah, completely yeah, agree. Too. Well, before we talk about your online creation, perhaps we can chat a little bit about your biological creation. What's it like being a mother? Oh, my God, it's so much fun. It's so cute. Um, so she is going to be one in three three weeks' time, just under three weeks' time. 
and she has pretty much just started walking. Like it's still every now and then there'll be a crawl, but she's walking. She knows how to do it. She can, her first word was mama, which was not completely an accident. I did spend the first like nine and a half, 10 months of her life just saying mama, mama. And my dad, he is his like, instead of like grandpa or whatever, he's papa. But from the day she was born, he would whisper in her ear, papa, like he'd whisper it. And so that's how she says it. She says she's taken him completely literally. So whenever she says Papa, she just says, Papa. and it's like the cutest thing ever. So I love it. It's honestly more fun than I ever even thought it was going to be. I didn't have, I, I, I had sort of, I suppose some, you know, you hear what, what is said. So you have sort of some preconceived ideas of what's out there in the zeitgeist. Um, you know, the whole life's going to change. You'll be upside down, blah, blah, blah. And I suppose maybe I was ready for that, but I don't, at the same time, I don't feel like it has, it's changed everything for the better. I highly recommend it. If you're ready for it and you want to do it, it's really fun. I have no way of, uh, other way of saying this, Sal, but fatherhood has, has turned me into an absolute pussy. It's, <laughs> it's been emotional. Does your husband feel the same way or? Well, he has, so he, my, my boyfriend had, it was married before. And so he has two daughters from his previous relationship. Oh, okay. So he's, so he's all wrung out. No, he's got no, no tears left. No, it was great because I had absolutely no idea what I was in for, but he did. And so I remember the first time we bathed her and like, you know, the baby bath thing, however many days old she was like seven i think they say you know when you take them from the hospital don't bath them for x amount of days whatever it was i kind of remember now but you know i we were filling it up i knew i knew you had to test the water temperature and everything i knew that part and i didn't i didn't know how to put her in what to, what to do but but he did it was like cool I, I had like a guide there for all those sorts of things i never really felt lost and then i just went through everything else with instinct because when i was pregnant i was reading you know all the blogs and one thing i'll say is i found that um, all the pregnancy blogs I had to read just to not annoy the crap out of myself. I had to read ones written before 2017 because they would use proper language. Anything after that would call me a pregnant person or a signed really? female. Really? You've seen that written in in, in oh, books? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was there. It was without a doubt there. And so I just – I would – so just through my like just research of it all and just like clicking on different things, I just found that anything prior to 2017 didn't have that language. And I just didn't want to read it. I just refused to read it. I won't, I won't give you the clicks. I, I won't, I won't engage with the article. I'm like, no, sorry. And I just was like, first of all, I don't think there's been these like huge, big advances in anything that if I'm reading something from 2017, it's going to be that outdated. And then at the same time, I was like, if you're, if I'm reading something that is saying sort of all this ideological language, I don't trust anything else you're saying. So I won't read the article. Like if you're going to use sort of this, the gender ideology language, why would I believe anything else that you're saying is based in fact? Mm. So, so yeah, I didn't read it, but the, the bit, I stopped reading them all together because the best piece of advice I got was um, have your baby get to know its personality and treat it accordingly. Don't try and fit a square into a circle. I think just let, deal with the baby that you have. And that was the most liberating thing. I was like, I don't need to read anything else. I'll, I'll just do this instinct and get to know her. And yeah, it's been great. Great advice. So Sal, recently th there was an event at Parliament House in Sydney where you were a speaker, uh, the first speaker actually. C can you tell us about that event? 
Yeah, it was so fantastic. So basically, we've just decided to take matters into our own hands and um, you know, work with politicians who will speak to us to do events at parliaments um, and invite all MPs to it to be like, come and just listen to what we're saying. It, it's as simple as that. You don't have to agree, that's fine, but just hear it at least. Um, because, you know, if we, if you just rely on the media or social media or, or people seeking it out for themselves at this point, I think we've, I think we've proven that it's not going to happen. So it's just, you know, you just go, okay, well, we'll, we'll do what we can. So it was fantastic. It was Kiralee Smith and Kath Deves who organized this particular one with, um, John Ruddick, I believe is, um, a new New South Wales MP. And so, yeah, it was me, Kath, Kira Lee, Angie Jones, Jasmine Sussex, who you've had on the show, and you've had Angie Jones on the show as well, um, uh, Justine, and I'm going to forget her last name. This is modifying, but she's just the latest. She's the newest sort of one who's really spoken out. She is a psychologist, psychiatrist uh, for children, and she's spoken out and said, like, this gender-affirming, like, this is nonsense, you can't do this, and and called for a federal inquiry into what is actually going on with these, with, with the treatment plans for gender dysphoric children. She was absolutely fantastic. Um, and also Moira Deeming, obviously, and Holly Lawford Smith, who you've talked to as well. And if I'm forgetting, I think, is there one? It's of, a hell of a lineup. It was brilliant. Um, fantastic. And there was also a, a rather limp wristed protest by. Uh, exactly who I thought would be doing it, by the way. Uh, the camera swung around and showed me, uh, I don't know, was there three of them, maybe four, young, white, university elite uh, girls uh, probably who probably identify as queer despite being completely straight. Uh, what did you make of it? Two girls and a guy. And what was interesting, oh, yeah. so we've, Kath has shown it um, since. So because the vetting that we did to make sure that there weren't any activists in the room was as good as you could sort of get it in terms of just, you know, only share the, e this, but there was a specific email for it, only share it with people that you feel safe with, like in terms of, you know, who you know are safe to come along to keep the TREs out. Cause it was, it was just an opportunity to just speak really plainly. We had three to five minutes each to talk. We had, a, it was quite a strict time frame because MPs have to go back, you know, that their day is really, really timed. So we just didn't want the chaos of protesters or anything like that in this particular environment. And this, this particular group, they emailed, they just posed as people who wanted, they, 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 I read the email, they were like, yeah, we were just really excited about what you guys are doing. We really support it um, and want to learn, learn more. They came, they did their thing, and, the, and then these they're so stupid that they then, from the same email, send an email saying, ha-ha, fuck you all, you're all so horrible. And you're like, well, <laughs> now we know who you are. And I think it was Anthony or something was the name of this particular account. And, yeah, just, just wanted to come to cause a problem. And when they started speaking like Kath, who was the MC had literally just gotten up to say welcome to everybody. And they just started screaming, you know, trans women are women and you're hateful bigots. You're like, you haven't even heard what we're going to say. You, you don't even know what we're going to talk about. They could have just, and they were totally welcome to, you know, even if they were against us, they are totally welcome to just sit there and listen. As if I went to one of their events, I would just sit there and listen. 
So, so how, how how do they get get this 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 email? Is there is there a mole in the ranks somewhere? I have no idea. Maybe who knows? I have no idea. I know. I know how you could have ratted them out. All you'd have to do is show them a bit of Seinfeld or a bit of Friends or something. And if one of them said, "Oh, geez, this is a bit white, isn't it?" Then you go, "Well, we know who you are, <laughs> mate. We know who you yeah. are. It's the wrong answer." You know, it's so funny. We're building the new platform right now, and you know how you have those that the name's going to just completely skip me right now. But you know, um, before you go into things, and it's like you know, choose all the squares with the traffic light things. Oh yes, capture. Cap, yeah. So I I wanted to have one for out because we've got to do one, and I wanted it to be like choose the squares with women in it. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's great. Yes. Do that. I mean, yeah. It's not as easy as that. They're actually like sort of industry standard, unfortunately. <laughs> but that was really, really cool if we could just have that and just have like just a bunch of men. And <laughs> it's just like you just have to choose like the three like blue squares of sunshine in the background or whatever. Yeah. Well, it would be a good test. Yeah. But you, but, but all the women you mentioned before, you know, such a broad spectrum uh, who are part of this movement, you know, Angie, uh, Holly Lawford, Smith, Catherine Deves, Maura Deeming, just those four uh, and yourself, I would imagine uh, I could in five minutes find some some differences of opinion on, on quite a range of issues. Um, totally. I mean, I'm pretty agreeable and I think I'm probably very much in the centre of them all. Um, but even, I mean, Angie and Kira Lee have spoken about it like a few years ago. Angie used to, you know, be against what Kira Lee was doing and she used to message and comment on her things all the time and now here they're coming together to work on this to me that's democracy in action that that's society that's brilliant like that you can go okay I just I might disagree with you on other things or I thought I did but now I've heard your point of view and I, I might maybe I understand it better and I like say with my thing with Kira Lee like I, I mean I just think she's fantastic I love her but I you know, I've said to her, I'm like, I don't particularly agree with like your sort of language argument about the changing of marriage, um, which was sort of the, the opposition to gay marriage that, that that her organization had at the time, because marriage is a man-made concept. And so I think that there is room for interpretation or an evolution of that concept there to just include sort of, you know, same-sex people, but the attractive people, but when you when you're dealing with you know concepts like woman and man these are not man-made concepts they just exist in reality and there is no evolution of them so so yeah i don't i don't agree i get i get what she's saying and there's an argument there i get it but i just it, it hasn't convinced me but but she's fantastic she's brilliant at what she does and she's 100% right about this issue and I'm so proud to and honored to stand next with to women like Kira Lee and Angie and Kath and Jasmine and Moira and Holly and But if all those women, you know, stood in a line along with Pauline Hansen and a range of other uh, a range of other women and and you know, said the same pretty much the same thing, I I would it would get me rethinking my ideas like i'd be like oh jesus these women are all very different yet they're all pissed off at the same thing yet you know uh maybe that maybe there's some truth in that pauline hansen is an interesting voice on this um because she does agree with us on this issue and she's spoken out about it um and she's right in everything that she said and so she is someone who i would really disagree with on lots of other issues 
And sometimes we'll be like, oh, I don't know if I really like you. Preface everything by saying that you don't have to like other women to think that they deserve rights. <laughs> you can actually think someone's just like a dick and go like, yeah, you still deserve women's sex-based rights. That's fine. But Pauline Hanson actually has spent the last 25 years having an Australian drag queen called Pauline Pants Down building a career, imitating her. So she actually does have a little bit of insight into the psychology of having a man actually impersonate you to build a career. That's really interesting to me. So I want to know what she has to say about that. How many women have that insight? And, Mm. you know, just in terms of sort of some of these men who are more aggressive, not saying that pulling pants down is one of these men, although he's blocked me and he won't engage with anything. Most of us saying is quite a um, pathetic TRA, but you know, I'm talking now about like the actual really, really horrible, violent, pushy ones. Um, you know, it, it is psychologically um, soul-destroying, really, when you're dealing with it every single day. And so when, you, when you've got someone who's got a little bit of experience in this in some capacity, not, why not just listen? I don't know. I just, I'm just not from the school that you have to agree with somebody 100% of the time. I just think yeah. that you know, if you are agreeing with someone 100% on something, then you're not thinking for yourself. Because like I can be like, oh, I really agree with this person on this issue, but I really disagree with them on that. And cool, now that's made me think, what are my actual thoughts on these particular things? Jordan Peterson is one who um, I would say, you know, I think he's right, you know, a decent percentage of the time. When he's right, I'm like, oh, yeah, I really, really agree with you. And when he's wrong, I'm like, oh, fuck, I disagree with you. Like, Jesus Christ, how could you get this so wrong? Um but fantastic isn't isn't that humanity you know when did we fall into this thing that you just you could only respect people if you agree with them 100 percent? you have to give away all your critical thinking faculties well most of the time now people 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 uh pretty much agree with someone literally 99 percent of the of the same things and then there's just this one percent where they're just like oh yeah you know it could it's probably gender or something like that and um and 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 yeah, it's suddenly, it's a it's a jihad. That person's got to go. You can even and you see it happening all the time in the TRA world as well, where you can have people who agree with each other one hundred percent of the time because they are just regurgitating the dogma of it all, and then someone slips up and they pounce immediately. And it's always fascinating to watch when they do that. Um, Pink News is experiencing it at the moment that. You know, heaven forbid they write an article where they just refer to the LGB or they just, if, oh gosh, talk about a lesbian who's and mention that she's same-sex attracted. I mean, they get absolutely trolled by trans activists. And, I mean, this is their Bible. Like, this is, this is their voice. This is the, especially in the UK, a huge reason why they got any kind of traction, even though, I, I mean, I don't think that their pull is as much as they claim it is, but it's obviously doing something. And yeah, you, you deviate from, from the dogma for a second and they'll go at you. Whereas I, I don't know, I sort of exist in this world and maybe this is probably not everyone could say it. I exist in this world where I, I just don't, I don't belong to anything. I want to strip away any labels at this point because while I might've 
once upon a time, definitely, I definitely called myself a feminist and I, I still do, but I'm, I am at the point where I'm like, I don't need the, I don't need the label. I don't want any connotations that come with any label or anyone thinking that there that I believe in things that, that I have not expressed that I believe in because I just we're in this label heavy world and I just it hasn't helped anything so I want to run in the opposite direction and be like I'm just here I'm not left I'm not right I I subscribe to none of it I, I I'm not feminist I'm nothing like there's certain philosophers certain political thoughts I little parts that I like of each of them. And I then think for myself and come up with my own opinions. Thank you very much. Well, Sal, since we last spoke, and now I know we have new listeners, so I think it might be worth stepping back and starting at the beginning. um, And maybe you could give us an intro uh, to Giggle, your app for women. Yeah, so I'll preface it by saying that it's, it's down right now. So please, every time I do these things and then people go and try and get onto it and go, it's not working. I'm very aware it's not working. It's been down since August last year. Believe, get off, get off sales back. <laughs> all right. Just leave her alone, you, tr- you trolls. <laughs> Come back later and use the product, of course. Yeah, we got to the point last year where it was, a, you know, it had been, we'd been treading this water for a while because we got cancelled, which I'll talk about in a second. And we had to decide whether we would do a big update on what we had or implement everything we'd learned in our three years of treading water and and rebuild it. And we decided to rebuild it. And in doing that, it meant we had to take it off and we had no product out there, sort of no business sort of currently in in, in the marketplace, which, you know, just is what it is. I mean, I never thought that we would get cancelled to the extent that we had. I, I was in the me to bubble a little bit because I'd experienced it when we thought of it. And basically my mom and I said, oh, what if there was, you know, it's just an app for women. Initially the idea was just going to be a roommate app for women because I had been looking for a room to rent in New York and there'd been all these, I went on to like, you know, roommate.com and all those places. And there'd been all these guys saying, oh, you can live here rent-free if you walk around naked. <laughs> of course. <laughs> they even said it. Yeah. They said what we're all thinking. Yeah. Okay. I know. I was just like, can there just be one area of my life where we don't have to deal with this shit? And I was like, yeah, what about just like a female-only roommate app? Because quite often who you're looking for to live with, whether you can state it or not, you have a biological sex in mind. Like if you're a group of guys, you want to, another guy in there you don't want another girl maybe you do but you know we're talking just across the board or at least having the option for it so yes we just started with that and then the idea sort of grew and we're like oh well freelance work lesbian dating support different support networks all that sort of stuff so we just sort of grew into this sort of one-stop shop app for women basically and it was hadn't been officially released or anything and the trans activists of Twitter and Reddit, who I did not know existed, I had no idea of this world, um, found it and inundated us. I woke up on the 7th of February, 2020 to one-star reviews, abuse on an app none of them had ever used. Or some of them had gotten through because our security wasn't completely in yet. But um, as time went on, none of these people had used this app. And they... Yeah, I mean, they they cancelled us. I mean, when I hear people say cancel culture doesn't exist, I'm like, it does. I've been living it for three years. I mean, yes, I've had to go out there and build a platform for myself of saying men aren't women, which is the stupidest thing anyone can ever say. But I've had to do this 
and you know work my ass off to be heard to be able to give the thing i was originally doing that got cancelled a chance to survive it it the cancer culture is real it's harmful i mean you spend it, it changes every aspect of your life like physically financially emotionally and psychologically because you sit there all the time going like am i in living in an upside down world that i have just been absolutely punished for creating a platform for women and then having you know all of these people in media say that i'm a horrible horrible person for doing so when the first niche app social network niche app to take off was grinder it was an app, dating app for gay men i mean we mm. the first ever app to take off was a sex based app like biological sex based app excluding 50% of the population and like all power to them of course that gay men should be able to have a dating app grinder unfortunately actually has gone the way of gender ideology and is now welcoming women who claim to be men and that's a horrible thing for gay men and there should there needs to be a man who goes and creates a new one for them but you know i just before i knew about gender ideology i was very much into this is just normal you cre- you create something for the market you want to create it for and i just did not know that there was people who are actually insisting that men are women and that laws had been changed to mm. to favor that it was bizarre to me so we'll step through it now correct me at any stage if i'm if i'm getting muddled or if i get things wrong because you know you're the expert on this so you were initially taken to court by uh, am I using the right term? Taken to court by a user of the platform called Roxanne Tickle. Is that right? I mean, user of the platform is a strong word. Um, and a, an alleged uh, a u- user of the platform. Uh, I think they've. Well, The Guardian says. The Guardian says. Uh, I quote: An Australian transgender woman who says she was barred from using the female-only platform Giggle for Girls has sued the social media site for alleged discrimination. Close quote. Yeah, I mean, the she word just jumps out at you there, doesn't it? Um, There was no picture provided on this particular article. Which is a huge problem because I think that um, a picture should be provided because one of my points on this issue is, is that I saw a man and I think it's important for people to see what I saw to understand where I'm coming from here. Um, not to say that any man who really successfully emulates a woman, which they, they really don't, but there's some who might do it a little bit successfully at others, at least at first glance. And that's what a lot of people have a picture of in their minds. Um, but you know, when you, when you see a man, you see a man, it, you, we've, women especially have spent our whole lives making sure we can spot one. And so, you know, to be punished for that is crazy. But yeah, so no, this person was not a user of the app in any meaningful capacity. And they initially did a human rights complaint, an Australian human rights complaint um, on the basis of gender identity discrimination. And I was 15 weeks pregnant at the time when I got it. And so gosh, I'm 50, I was 15 weeks pregnant when this started. I'm about to have a one-year-old. The trial date's in April next year. I'm probably going to have a two-year-old by the time we get a verdict. If it goes to the high court, I'm going to have a three-year-old. Like that that's just the scope of what I'm looking at here. But God, it's been exhausting. 
But so, yeah, he did a human rights complaint saying that he had been um, kicked off Giggle on the basis of gender identity discrimination. And I didn't know who this person was at the time specifically. I had, in terms of his sort of activism on a whole that he does, he had, when I looked back, when I got the human rights complaint, I looked back and this was someone who had, is the only person who had ever called and text my phone to try and get on the app. And when I got a text and a call, I didn't answer the call, but when I, I, I don't answer any unknown numbers, but I got a text and they said, Roxy Tickle at the end of the text. And I was like, mm, you're saying you know, I can't get on to the app and I'm a transgender woman and I've been denied access to the app. And I, or something to that effect. I wish I'd screenshot the text. I didn't because I didn't think this person was going to take me to court. Um, but I went on to our servers and because the only anchor point of the whole thing was that we had was phone numbers, I typed in the phone number and so I was able to see the selfie and went, well, that's just a man. And I called my dad and I said, like, so this man who claims to be a woman is trying to get on Giggle, which men tried to get on Giggle whether I knew their what they claimed or thought in their head is irrelevant. Men tried to get on Giggle very frequently, sometimes thousands a day. We'll try anything. We'll do anything to get in there. And so I called my dad <laughs> and said, what do I do? And he said, block his phone number from your phone to keep yourself safe and don't tell your mother because my mom's always perpetually just, you know, true proper mother about it all, like, you know, looking out for my safety. So I did. I just blocked his number and I thought nothing of it. And then I got the human rights complaint. And the first thing I thought when I got it was, oh, shit, now I have to tell mom. But this was just a letter? Did this come in a letter that came for you or an email? Or came, First of all, they sent an email saying, like, is this song over here? Giggle, we, we have something to send you. And I wrote back and said, yeah, it is. And then they sent it through, like, oh, we're really sorry. It was like, it's so stupid. It was like, this, we're really sorry to tell you that you have an Australian human rights complain against you and you're like oh i'm sure you're really sorry like this is your bread and butter like whatever okay anyway so the first person i called was kath deves because she's my friend and she's a lawyer and so i i called her straight away and she roxanne tickle had actually made complaints about her in the past and so she was able to sort of place me like oh that this is someone who's done stuff to me and so i was like oh so i went and started researching him based on that. I never had before. I'd never thought of, I mean, I could, I, I mean, I've dated men. I've not Googled. I'm, I'm really bad with this sort of stuff. And so I, I did, I then started going and researching this guy and, you know, he had in, in February, 2021, we had had a Twitter exchange. I think it was like two or three tweets. I didn't know who it was. It was just a random, TRA account basically from my perspective. And I, I mean, I've blocked 10,000s of them. I, I'm quite indiscriminate about it because especially in the days with Twitter where you could get banned, if they just made a complaint, you could get banned. I blocked them all the time so that they wouldn't ban me. And we'd had a discussion about female in these spaces. And I'd said something to the effect of like, I, you know, I support trans women's right to be however they want to be, but female in these spaces are for females. And then I blocked because that's what I do. I'm just like, the conversation's over. I don't want to get banned or any punishment here. I've said my bit there. Um, and then so when I was doing my research, I found that this person had then said, done a tweet on that day saying like, Sal Grover, CEO of Giggle, 
has blocked me after we had an amicable, and it was amicable, discussion about female-only spaces. And then he joined the app. So he joined the app knowing exactly how I felt about female-only spaces, knowing I would kick him off it, and now we're in federal court. Well, so I, I reckon there's a lot of people out there who don't have a clue about this. So maybe you can clue us in. What is the Australian Human Rights Commission? What do they do? And, and, and you know, what have your dealings been been like with them? What do they do? I don't even know if they know <laughs> at this point. Oh, so the Australian Human Rights Commission, I mean, it, it's just, is it a lot? I, what is it? it, it it's sort of a an organization that's there. Um, it's a pre-court organization, I would say. Um, they do lobbying sort of stuff, obviously, as well to change laws. And they definitely were instrumental in getting gender identity into the Sex Discrimination Act. But in terms of how they are there for the public, when you have a situation that might be um, a human rights violation, you can go to them and then they can tell you what to do. And so you can do a complaint to the person or the organisation, whatever. Without having to face your, uh, you know, uh, you, you don't have to go through the messy business of, of like presumption of innocence or uh, having to present yourself to your the person you're accusing. You don't have to do any of that business. Yeah, the expense of court, basically, I would say. It's, it's sort of this thing prior to the expense of court. Um, so they don't have any um, ability, like they don't have any jurisdiction or anything. They can't like sentence anything or like change anything. They can mediate. Um, a conciliation is what it's called. And so- can you tell them to f off? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, 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 because I'm so naive about this. I'm outraged as well. Who are these people? What is this? Why, if there's a problem, like, if someone's aggrieved me, shouldn't I go to the police and then go through the courts? What do I need this this group, this middleman for? I mean, if they were actual people who were there with a really strict mandate of what they were doing that was not ideological, that was very much based in fact, I can understand the reason for it. How it stands right now, I don't understand the reason for it because it seems incredibly ideological to me, Um, proven by the fact that the Australian Human Rights Commission has intervened on this case and seemingly on the side of Tickle. Like, so, I mean... My instincts were right. But basically, yeah, you 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 go back and forth. I got a lawyer straight away. I, I'm Anna Kerr from Feminist Legal Clinic, um, acted for me. And she, so we went back and forth. Because, I mean, I, I, I honestly, I didn't know what to do. Yeah, like, as you say, like, I don't know who they are. I didn't know what they did. I've never had any legal issues in my life. Like, to the point, I've never even been divorced or anything. Like I've dealt with nothing other than an immigration lawyer at one point when I was moving to the US. So I, I had no concept of anything. And we went back and forth and basically to go to conciliation, like the, the conditions or what, what he was putting on the table of settlement of like what he would be happy with is that I would have to let him and all men who claim to be women on the app moderate how women speak on the app so not to offend men who claim to be women. Also go to sex and, and go to sex and gender education classes, which could only be re-education. And at the time I was just like, no, maybe I would have gone 
out of curiosity, and I might have even gone to sex and gender education had I not been pregnant. By this point, I was about 30 weeks pregnant. And I was like 37, like, you know, in what they call a geriatric pregnancy. But I'd been sick the whole time. I wasn't putting myself under that much stress. I was like, my curiosity is not going to make me go and do this. Like, I'm just taking care of me at this point and the babies. So I said, no, knowing that I would not agree to any of those things. Like, we weren't going to come out of that of in like this. Like, we found our common ground. No. Because unless he was going to find common ground, and he has done an interview where he says all he wants wanted was to sit across the table from me and ask me why trans women aren't women. And I was like, well, if that was the case, why didn't you put that in the Australian Human Rights Commission complaint that you just want, you just want to sit across the table from me and ask me that question? Because for me, that's quite an unstressful situation. I would. I would sit there and explain why you're not a woman. It, it takes about four words. But I mean, I'm I'm fascinated by this mediation process. We'll move on to the to the next part shortly. But I mean, all that was missing was that you would have to be this person's butler for a year, by the sounds of it, as well. <laughs> but 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 secondly, um, I, I, are they just allowed to 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 reel off this 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 laundry list of 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 you know, demands, and then you, you're not allowed to, why can't you say, well, yeah, I want you to, I don't know, like, uh, do A, B, and C. Like, I mean, yeah. isn't this, is this a mediation or what is this? Like, I mean, I've got some stuff I want you to do. I get a better haircut, <laughs> you know, would be one thing I would say. And that's me, Sal. It's not, I'm not throwing Sal in on that. There's nothing to do. If you got problem, but that's it. Maybe I'm going to the AHRC Maybe now. you are. Maybe you are. Actually, um, is it Isaac Butterson, the comedian? He had a Queensland human rights complaint because somebody was um, offended by um, a bit in his um, stand-up comedy act that he had done that they'd watched on YouTube. Yes, like, I believe it. He, got, wow. he does go pretty hard, though. <laughs> <laughs> Just turn off YouTube if you don't want to see it. Like, no. who gives a shit? Like, I just – I. I don't know. I mean, you know, you've got to give permission to other people to be offended by them to a point. You know, I'm offended. I'm offended by this whole situation. Like, no one gives a shit about that, and I wouldn't make anyone care about it. But yeah, so yeah, there, there was no opportunity for me to go. Or from my perspective, it was never presented to me that there was any opportunity for me to go. Okay, well, I counter all of your stupid claims with. You know, I want I, well, I want you to do the chicken dance. What what, what was I going to ask? My thing I would be asking was just please leave me alone. Stop stalking me online. Stop. Don't do this. Just go and use like all the other apps that are available to you. This one's female only. Don't force me to believe that men are women because it's not going to happen. That that would have been what I would have been putting there. So as you can see, there was just this um, you know, huge conflict. We were never going to agree in some conciliation like it's just so so what what is the australian human rights commission what what powers do they actually have or, or are they just sort of fronting up the money for, for lawyers yeah in that situation none so yeah it's a little bit of a money-making thing but you know as i said there, there are there are times when there are they are really valuable i would argue in this particular one not but there are times when they are um, because you do have you know you you have different things like whether it's like refugees or like you know say pre Gay marriage, there would have been situations. You, you, 
then there are like you know, sexism and me too cases with women there are different things that they are there for um for discrimination or or, or something with human rights so yes you I mean you want some sort of independent human rights body looking out for the people but i think the key word there is independent um and anyway so what happens is if you don't agree to go to conciliation slash if nothing's agreed upon then the applicant can basically be advised by the human rights commission of what to do and that is you've got 60 days to file in federal court because it's a human uh, an australian human rights it immediately goes to like the australian federal court so so that's what he had at, at his disposal because i i said no to conciliation and so he did he he filed in federal court um and then he withdrew to cut a long story short he withdrew a month later around that um citing at the time for no reason it was just we got I, I, it was about two weeks before i gave birth to give you the time frame and it was you know he's he's withdrawn i was like oh my god like this is the you know you stand your ground like we, we won this is fantastic and then on december 22 <laughs> So that was what in the beginning of july so then on december 22 he refiled on that same claim now he had 60 days from the human rights commission complaint ending to file in federal court did so withdrew and then he had to then he not had to but then he did file again in december so what he was then asking for was to be heard out of time and that's when we found out that he withdrew because he didn't think he had the funds to go to the high court which i had apparently said in some sort of interview but when i've looked back and dates of interviews um i think i really only spoke about this after he, the filing had happened and very much so after it had all been um withdrawn saying that we would take it all the way to the high court um but yeah so i mean so i, I mean i think he knew that that's what was at stake um, and so, yes, yeah, so he had to get the judge to, the, the federal court to agree to hear it out of time. And the federal court will agree to something that's out of time on a few different conditions. Um, one of them is something is in public interest. And this is obviously in public interest. Um, and at this point, the Australian Human Rights Commission had intervened um, to be amicus curiae in the case. Well, Sal, you, you, let's tease that out. Why is it in the public interest? Yeah, I think the federal court is obviously, well, I mean, I've got my own personal opinions, basically. The, the federal court must be aware that there is this dispute going on between trans activists and women because it's becoming more and more prominent. Um, it's been prominent internationally for a while, but now in Australia it's really started to gain some traction. And so they obviously knew that it was yeah it is something the public cares about um and, and then the, the australian human rights commission basically solidified that by saying that they wanted to intervene as amicus curiae that they they wanted to you know have this court case see through be you know, seen through to the end and so it was from i think that that was pretty much what justice bromwich said in the end it was you know the, them coming on board and wanting to be part of it. So basically now we're in the situation of the stupidest, you know, um, 
court case number of all time, Tickle v. Giggle, for something that's so important. It's basically gender identity versus sex um, under the guise of Tickle v. Giggle, which, oh, my God, um, it's mortifying. Um, but it is. It's really important. So basically, you know, we... I, as I'd said, you know, last year I was willing, I've been willing to fight this to the high court if necessary, and that's never, ever changed. I'm still willing to do it. And so when, you know, we, the, the, this came up again, I was like, I can't believe this is happening again, but okay, like, you know, it's happening. Let's go for it. Here we are. If he, if he, if the judge, you know, gives him leave, let's, let's just do it. And so here we are, and it's taken us, gosh, six months to get to this point. It's just a lot of waiting around. It's really, really quite boring. But now we're doing a constitutional challenge, basically, is part of our defense is that we're going to challenge the Constitution to say that gender identity should not be in the Sex Discrimination Act. So, Sal, do you you think this will become a watershed moment? Like, Like if you win... A, a, a woman is an adult human female, and if you lose, it's pretty much anything you want it to be or anything they want it to be. Yeah. I don't think it would be the end. Um, it would mean we just have to work harder. But, gosh, it, it, I, I think about this all the time. If we were to lose, how to build up morale again amongst women because it will be a huge, huge hit to us. It, it weighs on my mind frequently if we were to lose. I have a lot of trust and and faith and just belief in in my legal team. They are quite brilliant. And I also have a lot of trust and faith and belief in the truth and reality. I mean, I'm just saying that men are not women, that we shouldn't be forced to believe that they are. If you're going to have that belief, okay, you just can't force it upon anybody else. Like, I'm not going to control what anyone else thinks. Don't control what I think. Um have any other space you want. I mean, there are countless apps for trans people exclusively. There are countless LGBTQ apps. Create as many women plus trans women apps as you want. I don't give a shit. My point with that is is not that I buy into or validate this ideology in any way. It's that I can't control what other people think will do. Don't do it to me. So I want female-only spaces to exist in the marketplace and in society, along with all of the other options that are there, that is actual diversity and inclusion. Because if you take away female-only spaces, you're actually just creating this new demographic that is the most excluded, which is a complete contradiction to everything they're claiming to do. And so I'm just sort of trying to stop them from making that big fuck-up of a contradiction and being like, you know, you can have if you if you're a man who thinks you're a woman i think you're wrong i should be allowed to say that in a civilized society and you should be able to sit there and wear a dress in the civilized society and call yourself whatever the hell you want i don't care and if there is a space that is catered specifically to your identity fine i'm not going to lose sleep over it like if we were in a movement right now that was just about men who like to wear dresses I wouldn't have even bothered to speak up about it because I would have been like, oh, that makes sense. Women fought for the right to wear pants. Now men are fighting for the right to wear dresses and some makeup. Okay, cool. That makes sense. But we're not. We're in this movement where if that man wears a dress, I have to see him actually legally as a woman. That is nonsense. Mm. 
Well, it's worse than that. I'm a man and I know how we work and it's never just the dress. It's always sex stuff. It's a, whatever we do, we start cults for sex stuff. We, if we're putting the dress and the makeup on, it's always sex stuff. What yeah. do you think, Ricky? But even, 100%. Yeah, even with that, though, because I think about this all the time because I'm like, I, would, I wouldn't care if there was a movement about men wearing dresses and I think of it in the autogynophile world still and I know so far too much about this condition they still have the human right to wear a dress. I'm not going to stop them from wearing a dress. I just don't want them to force me to think that they're a woman. That's it. Wear whatever the hell you want for whatever reason. It might make me feel sick what the reason is. Like you might have a boner under that dress. That's gross. But whatever. Well, no, Sal, don't you think these people, some of these people, I'm so outraged by elements of this by, by a lot of this okay i don't even know where to start so the there just seems to be this air of, of frivolousness about this about this case being brought uh, you know against you it, it seems that there's a lot of grifting going on i can't but i mean look the lawyers are just doing their job on the other side but i mean how could you stand yourself going home like being a straight-laced lawyer doing a total bullshit case uh, then going home to to your uh, your wife and your little girls, and and then just go, how how is your work, da- daddy? Oh yeah, d- doing good today. And you go and I mean th- that it just blows my mind. This this the, 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 what's going on here? I think you've actually hit on a really key part of it. There is that every single one of us actually makes decisions in our life based on biological sex, and so to go and work against that. And to take that right away from other people is quite an unusual thing to do. So if you are someone who goes home to your wife or husband, and no matter what your biological sex is, you might be a woman who goes home to your wife, or you might go home, you're a woman who goes home to your husband or vice versa, whatever the situation is, you have made that decision of who you're going home to on the basis of biological sex. We don't look across the bar and go, I wonder what their legal sex is. We say what's their biological, we, we, we don't even say what their biological sex is. We clock it instantly. It, it's apparently um, it happens milliseconds faster in women than it does in men to, to understand and to see. It's, it's just an evolutionary skill because we would have had to have known like back, like, you know, on the savannah, like back when we, you know, we're talking beginning of human history times because if, the men were coming towards you, you know, this, we're talking you know, fighting tribes, we're talking women there being hunter-gatherers, um, how they would have interacted if they'd seen a man coming towards them, what that would have meant. It, it, these are proper skills for survival that we had, and we still have them, just in, in slightly different ways, like how our lifestyles have, have changed or society has changed. But they are really important for everybody. So to legislate and say that you can't acknowledge biological sex is going against complete human nature, something that everybody in that courtroom would have made decisions based on. So I will say that I'm just very happy to be on the side that is not going against human nature or um, what everyone else has made their decisions upon. I, I mean, I think having to prove that men are women is quite the challenge. But there's also a, a, another way of looking at it, and I think I've th- I've brought this up on on previous podcasts we've, when we've talked about you when you weren't around. Uh, but 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 it, but this is also a, a a entrepreneur and a business owner and a creator versus uh, a destroyer to me. 
like or 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 someone who's who is like i mean some of these people need to get back to work like honestly get think of think about the the time of two lives and families that they have that this that that the other side has have wasted here the human potential they've wasted on what what i'm i'm sorry i i, I normally i'm a lot more measured but this to me just seems totally open and shut totally common sense it's just like all of this time and money wasted for something that some judge at the very end is going to say uh i deem this to be uh bullshit that's what's going to happen yeah i was listening to um john anderson the former deputy prime minister on trigonometry last week and he listed four things that australians or people in general and i think he's talking about in general but as the australian deputy prime minister let's just put it in that context that you should have which is freedom of belief tick freedom of speech tick freedom of assembly tick and freedom of property ownership and when i listened to him and he just it was just one sentence he said and i was like they're actually the four things that are under attack for me right now. It's not what this case is dealing with, but that is what is actually under attack. It's not what this case is dealing with in a legal term, I mean, but like just in a, I suppose in a conversation of when you can make people realize what's at stake here is that I don't believe that men are women. So my freedom of belief is there. I'm not going to say men are women. It's my freedom of speech. I want females to be able to block men from an event, a space, whatever platform that they're in that, that that is female only and it requires that and for men to be able to do the same we're talking just recreational refuge type things we're not talking about boardrooms or governments or anything where decisions are made where we've all agreed now that real progress has make, been made and they need to be unisex i'm talking about the spaces that we need this really human thing where we just want to go and hang out with our own sex it seems to be quite a human trait because both sexes want to do it um all sexualities want to do it, maybe for varying different reasons. But it seems like a, a really basic human thing. And then the next thing is like the the ownership of property. I mean, this is my business, so I, I just feel like I do feel like every aspect of my really basic human rights are under attack. And you know, when you have a situation, go well, who do I go to? Because the Australian Human Rights Commission, up my friend. And then the Minister for Women in Queensland, where I live, um, well, she just got on Parliament floor last week and said that not only does she think that anyone who is a woman, anyone who ident identifies as a woman is a woman, but that's also what the Queensland government thinks. And it's like, okay, so I can't go to you for help. So I have no one. So who's the oppressed person here? Because it, it doesn't seem like the person who's got all of these institutions on their side is the marginalised. And I don't want to be marginalized. I don't find any virtue in that. I live my life that I can, you know, go out and be who, what, whoever I want, you know, in the sense of like, you know, I can go and achieve who, what I want and I, you know, nothing's stopping me. It's just going to be you know, a lot of hard work and grit. And I, this is a roadblock to that, unlike anything I've ever experienced. Well, perhaps let's talk about your, uh, your creation, your your livelihood. Can you can you tell us about the uh, new iteration of, of Giggle? What's what's Giggle 2.0 like? Yes. Yeah, so I don't want to tell a name or anything yet because that's still like top secret. Um, but basically the new version of it is going to be just to put it in like the simplest terms, female only Twitter and then also a female only dating platform. So they're the two things we'll launch with at first in our you know one stop shop for women. And then we'll add in the other things like the roommates app and 
you know, um, freelance. And female, female only dating app as in lesbian. lesbian? Well, is there any other kind? <laughs> well, no, it's just that we, we haven't heard of, of lesbians in a while, so they've sort of been erased. So when you, yes. I'm like, females, like females, what are they? Yeah, it's the L. It's the first letter, you know. Right? Oh, it's the first one. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I mean, I just. It's it's you know I mean I'm I'm obviously I'm not a lesbian woman but I I mean I'm, I'm my best friend is I, I I've been around lesbian women my whole life I I mean just friends with these women I seeing what they're going through has I don't know if it's like made it any more real in in the sense how do you answer this in the sense that we're all going through something with it. And as I said, I, you know, the, the freedom of speech, freedom of belief and all of that, I think that actually affects everyone in society. But in terms of the LGB community aspect of it and what lesbians are going through and how ostracized they are from that community because they won't include men in their dating pool, renders that whole community utterly useless. And that's just another layer of bullshit that they have to contend with and the shame that they're being made to feel. And, and I just, yeah, I, I, it, it does, it breaks my heart. And, you know, when, when we were doing a female only platform, it was like doing a dating element of it was sort of a no brainer. I was, I will say this in 2019, I was told not to do it. I, we didn't have it in the very initial um iteration of the app i was told like no 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 don't do it don't make it a dating app to start off with so we didn't and then we we incorporated it but now we're launching with just that and with that and the and the sort of female only social network and it will be available on computer like website ipad like tablet and smartphones will be three ways whereas before it was just smartphone so rebuilding it and implementing what we've learned has been this huge operation because yeah we made mistakes we're, we're just a startup like you know doing a startup is hard for anyone this is not an easy industry and it's not for the faint-hearted like i oh. but there's no comparable product either right because if there was they'd be in court as well right no yeah yeah, but it, isn't that what well, that's what? So what we're talking about here is is a completely unique. It's a one of a kind thing. It's not like you've gone. I'm making Twitter, and it's exactly like Twitter. It's like Getter or something or whatever. Like it's like this is truth like, social. Yeah, truth social. <laughs> no, this is like completely unique because, I, as I said, if it existed, some like the 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 um, it's just a numbers game. They would be standing next to you in the dock. No, totally. But it's part of my thing as well that um, you know. Uh, we can do all of different things to to protect the company to make sure that the company can can we that we can have a company like going forward. But um, if an Australian court was to tell me that I had to admit men onto it, I'd just close it down. It's not like th there's no app you will ever be admitted on. I'd close the thing down because well, what does the Australian court sentence me to? What inventing Twitter? <laughs> exists my unique selling proposition's gone out the window you've made it illegal like it, the whole thing is it's female only we're not reinventing any technological wheels here it's just social media that is female only because and, and as i said this was not a controversial topic because the first ever niche app to to take off was based on biological sex it was grinder it was for gay men and 
it didn't have to have crazy security on it or anything because women just left it alone because, you know, 10 or so 12 years ago when it first emerged, it wouldn't have occurred to any woman to go on it. <laughs> it was for gay men. Now we're in a slightly different zeitgeist and, and Grinder has really suffered from that. But yeah, it, I just, I just never thought that this would be as controversial as it is. It has shocked the hell out of me. But doesn't it speak volumes? I mean, maybe you've covered all this elsewhere, Sal. But doesn't it speak volumes that uh, this is that you're not a man, and this is happening to you? Do you know what I mean? Like, like, how come it's not a man? How come it? How come it? How come it? It's that it's not a man who's created this app that is being, you know, raked over like this. I think the answer is pretty simple. Yeah. I said this in my speech in Parliament the other day that, you know, we've had media come at me or or other companies who refuse to work with us. I mean, we had we wanted to do um, equity crowdfunding at one point so that women would be able to basically have ownership in it um, as we grew it. And no equity crowdfunding company in Australia would work with us. And you have to, to do equity crowdfunding. You have to have a registered company um, guiding you through it none would work with us and they said it was because of the trans issue but women or females who have a trans identity have always been welcome on the app like if you think of yourself as a trans man you still can come onto the app because you're female it it, it's your biological sex that matters not your gender identity so it was never actually the trans issue that they had a problem with it was the male issue which it was a female only app what the fuck were they expecting (laughs) Like, you know, it's like, it's an app for females. Oh, do you allow males? No. Oh, you're a bigot. It's bizarre. But that has been the thing ultimately with gender ideology and how it's captured the zeitgeist. I mean, if you notice, if you, with the sports issue, the amount of time that is dedicated to trans women in women's sports is what, 99% of the time. There's, no trans men in men's sports. I think what well, I think there's been one. I'm sorry, I think there's been one, maybe two. But like they're of no threat. Most of them can't compete in it because the testosterone they're taking is classed as doping. So if they're going to compete in it, they have to not take any hormones. And so essentially, you know, stop their transition, quote unquote. And then but no woman can even compete. In, in that category. It's not because women are worse or, or whatever. It's just that men and women have different physical abilities and we love to watch sport because or, and have it sex segregated so we can see the best of women and the best of men. And seeing women get absolutely trampled on by men is not entertainment, nor it shouldn't be. And so, yeah, it's it, this has never been the trans issue because we don't care about females who call themselves trans. It's all about males who call themselves trans. So that's why it's not um, an app for males who are being taken to court by females. It's because, you know what, socialization is a real thing. They wouldn't do it. They haven't done it. They haven't done it in sport. They haven't done it for anything. We don't see trans men on magazine covers being the CEO of companies and politicians and getting awards, the only time we see them is because they're pregnant. And when we see the trans women, they are winning awards and races and whatnot. I mean, this is killing it. Yeah. This is just basic run of the mill 1950s sexism. It's just with different outfits. That's it. 
Mm. And the more, the, and the, the sooner more people realize this, the better. It, and once you see it, you can't unsee it. But I think you have to go through the journey yourself and do the research to actually see it for it to resonate. Well, so maybe to wrap up, uh, you could you could let our listeners know how how they can help you and and your situation. What 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 are the things that we can do? Okay, so I have to raise a lot of money. <laughs> so, um, I think I'm, we're 140 something thousand dollars into raising money yet, and I've paid the bill. We're, we're, we've spent it. We've spent 155 thousand dollars so far. So I haven't paid the full bill. Um, legal fees so far have been 155 thousand dollars to get us to this point. Um, for federal court in total, it would be about 500 thousand dollars. If it goes to the high court, it will be anywhere up to maybe even slightly more than a million, but let's just say a million dollars because I'm hoping that that would be as much as it would be. But so we, one of the reasons why the new platform is delayed and taking longer is because we had to take time out to build our own crowdfunding site. And we did this because women in the UK who have been taken to court and have gone to crowdfunding to do it, say Maya Forstarter, um, Alison Bailey, a few other women, they either built their own or they had, they got kicked off the existing ones. They'd gone find these different like niche crowdfunding sites that would allow them to go on to crowdfund for their quote unquote bigotry. And we in Australia did not have the option of, um, those other like sort of niche crowdfunding places because they were UK specific. So it was like sort of GoFundMe or, and a few, like a few others, like, and that was it. But they all have very specific terms and conditions and they can kick you off at any point because they want to. And you just have a bunch of trans activists contact them and say they're bigots and they kick you off. And so then you have to go and try and find it and do it again. I just didn't want to deal with any more stress because this is stressful enough. So we just built our own from day dot to, um to bypass all of that um and there is great irony in the fact that we have built our own crowdfund to def because we knew we'd get kicked off an existing crowdfund to go and defend ourselves for kicking off a man from a female only platform but that's a given um so yeah it's giggle and yet we, we we have to raise a lot of money all the information about the site is there it is written by my legal team so i haven't written it um we'll update it when there's more information but I mean, that's sort of slow at the moment. There's there's no new stuff. They're just working hard behind the scenes. But yeah, basically money. Money is how you can help. And I hate it. I hate asking for money. I've never been this person in my life. But yeah, basically, give me your superannuation fund. Well, everyone, uh, look, do what you can because it sounds like this, this uh, story, effect, as, as we heard tonight, it affects um, everyone. And um, look, Sal, it does just because you say that like it does because it affects like it affects men because it's like men also have the right to be able to say that that person in front of me is a man or a woman and, and noting their biological sex and men also have should have the right to say to free speech and say it then also if you're a dad what your daughters are doing or what your sons are doing and wanting to make sure that your sons are respectful of women and the, your sons have their own um male only spaces that girls aren't in there embarrassing them i mean all of this stuff is really basic stuff that has been established by society it works and it's just it's being degraded and it needs to be fought for and we need to be able to speak the truth so yeah this well all i'd say sal is that look you know we, we don't know what the outcome is going to be i'm sure we'll talk to you again before before that but um you know it's it, at this point it's it's you know i think when your kid grows up it, it, you know they're going to see 
and they're going to know how, how hard you fought. It's not about you know the winning or losing. I, I can't speak speak for, but but the the quality of the fight is is top shelf. You know, I often think about what Belle will say when she's older, and I think that she'll sit there and go, well, "Then what do you mean you were fighting to, in court to say men aren't women? That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard." And I'll be like, "The fact that you can say that is because I fought it." <laughs> exactly, you are a screenwriter. You see. <laughs> Oh, great stuff. It's, it's always a pleasure ha- having you on, Sal. And um, yeah, it's, uh, look, it's, it, it, yeah, it, this, this thing is real. So I, I'll, I'll be, uh, we'll be right there with you. Now, uh, what is, we, you know, our final question. And now you've been quite busy with a lot of things, but we need to know what you're reading right now. Okay. So I don't read books at the moment. I actually only listen to them on audio. And so if a book has that on audio, I get really annoyed. And so I'm really annoyed at the moment because Brendan O'Neill's latest new book has not come out on audio book yet. Um, and so because there's not a latest book on audio that I've been able to read recently, I'm just like big into podcasts. And so I have to give a shout out to my other favorite podcast, which is Red Femme, which is by two women. One of them is in the UK. One of them is Canadian. Um, Dr. Jen and Hannah, and they have really sound analysis of like different issues with all of this. And they come out of, they've got different political ideologies. And sometimes, you know, they'll say things all like labels and stuff where I'm like, I don't need them, whatever. But their analysis is really sound and they're really fair with everything and funny and insightful. And so, yeah, I'm just like, go and listen to them because they're brilliant. Yes. Well, we've had Dr. Jen on the show and um... brilliant episode. She's fantastic. And Hannah is booked, so we get we've got the whole the whole the whole gang. We we love them. At that um, uh, they're they're so um, well I don't know. In, intelligence an embarrassing word to use, but they are really intelligent and uh, clear. What they have it's a, when I I studied philosophy at university, and my philosophy professor was able to do this, and they remind me of him that he could just remember, you know, things he'd read off the top of his head. But we, you know, you, anyone who would have just listened to this, listening to me stumble through going, oh, I think I read something here. They just can cite it. They remember all of this stuff. And it makes a conversation so much clearer and and interesting when, when your person speaking can speak clearly like that, which I fail to do, but yeah. Can save words, good. excellent well uh thanks sal Keep, keep us posted thank you so much guys for having me on Thank you for listening to the New Flesh Podcast. If you like our work, please consider rating us on Apple Podcasts or even writing us a review. It really does help the show reach a wider audience. We'll be back with another episode next week. Until then, long live the New Flesh.